You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds, the owner of Summit Properties Northwest, Reynolds & Klein Appraisal, and your host of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So I've been prattling on about how interest rates are super low and everybody should refinance if they can, go out and buy a house if they can, take advantage of these crazy low interest rates. And one of the byproducts of having super low interest rates is that the whole system gets clogged up. So like banks can only take on so many refinances or purchases, only so many appraisals can be ordered before the system gets jammed up, escrow title, they get all jammed up. And so what ends up happening is the lenders start to boost up their requirements so to slow down the pipeline. They jack up their requirements so people are like, oh, yeah, no, let's not do a refinance right now. And one of the stories that has just come out that I thought was really interesting, and it's like, okay, yeah, this is where we are. We're at in the cycle. And if you're kind of following the cycle, we're at that point where interest rates have been low for long enough where people are like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go get me some low interest rate. And so Wells Fargo right now is the highlight. The headline I saw from CNBC and that I thought was a great article to do a quick uh, podcast on was Wells Fargo tells new clients they need $1 million in, in account balances, move a million bucks over to Wells Fargo for certain mortgage refinancing. And these are jumbo refinancings. So Let's take a look and see what that looks like and jump on in. Here's the key points. And again, this is uh, CNBC. Hugh Sun is the author. This was put out yesterday, uh, July the 9th. Wells Fargo is now requiring new customers to bring in at least a million bucks. Um, and that's up from a previous level of 250000 according to people with knowledge of the policy. The change came in a July 1 overhaul of lending guidelines that broadly lowered barriers for products for existing customers while making it far harder for new ones to qualify, said the people who declined to be identified speaking about the move. So you've got a scenario where Wells Fargo is saying, all right, the loans we've already got on our balance sheet, we're good with those. We don't want to expand our balance sheet out for new clients because we've got these limits of lending that we can do. So what can we do to slow down things? Well, let's make them give us a million bucks in accounts or whatever, put that on a positive side of our balance sheet, and then we'll lend them out whatever uh, refinance money they want on some jumbo loans, which are big loans, typically over 741000 All right, let's move on. So they don't want to take somebody else's balance sheet and put it on theirs. That's the quote said one of the sources that we don't know who they are because they didn't want to be identified. We're very busy and they wanted to slow down the number of loans coming in. Simple as that. That's what we're doing. But it's always interesting to see stuff come out and it's like, so I can do a refinance with you, Mr. Wells Fargo Bank, but you want me to bring in a million bucks in asset to your bank. Does that really make sense? I got to take all these assets out of another bank and put them with you to refinance? Or if I'm already an existing Wells Fargo customer, I can just do a refinance and not really have to bring anything at all. That's what Wells Fargo is saying. So the bank also tightened lending standards in its mortgage business in the July 1st overhaul, which impacts everyone applying for a home loan, not just jumbo refinancing. And that's according to one of the people. 
one of the anonymous people. For primary and secondary home mortgages, the bank lowered by 5% the size of loans it would approve relative to a property's value. So they increase the loan to, or they decrease the loan to value ratio at which they are willing to lend. If you have a million dollar uh, property and they are, they were uh, lending 75%, now they're lending 70. So your loan went from 750 grand down to 700 grand, something along those lines. They are boosting up their requirements and making it a little bit harder to get a loan. That should slow down the number of people going to Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo for a loan. That's kind of bottom line. Um, and here's a, a video. It says, Wells Fargo is a work in progress, but undervalued for the long term, says Argus researcher Steve Bigger. All right, so you can watch that video if you really cared. But let's move on. Wells Fargo is raising the bar for new customers to get a popular mortgage product CNBC has learned exclusively. Now it's not quite so exclusive since the Seattle Real Estate Podcast is doing it, right? The bank is now requiring new clients to bring in at least a million dollars in balances. We went over that. Uh, we went over the change went came uh, July 1st. The move shows how Wells Fargo, the largest U.S. mortgage lender is operating under the dual pressures of the coronavirus pandemic and a federal cap on its balance sheet. So we've got the, the pressure of the coronavirus. Now that is that interest rates have dropped to historic levels based on all the stuff that the Fed is doing. But we've also, with, Fed, with Wells Fargo, they have a federal reserve cap on its balance sheet. Um, while the entire industry has tightened access to mortgages because there's so many people coming in to get one, uh, access to mortgages amid the pandemic, the pullback has been more pronounced at Wells Fargo, which can't grow its balance sheet thanks to the Fed order, one of a dozen regulatory constraints tied to the bank's 2016 fake account scandal. So that was four years ago. What came out is that Wells Fargo, the number of Wells Fargo new accounts was going through the roof. They were doing amazing. It was incredible, their growth. Well, we came to find out that a lot of the accounts were created by bank employees, and it was kind of a top-down thing. So senior management said, we got to have growth. You guys get accounts on the books no matter what. So clients would come in, they'd sign up for one product, and then they'd be cross-sold another product, or not even cross-sold another product. They would just be given a new debit card or a credit card, line of credit, whatever. And then there'd be a bunch of fees on these new accounts. And that's where people are like, hey, wait a minute. I got this fee on this new account. What's this new account? I don't remember opening that up. So this, it was this massive, massive scandal. And so uh, Wells Fargo has a fed, federal order and one of a dozen regulatory constraints tied to this 2016 fake account scandal. It was a big deal in the whole uh, banking world and residential lending because Wells Fargo is, if not the biggest residential lender, it's one of the biggest residential residential lenders out there. And it impacts what Wells Fargo does, impacts uh, lending. So in early April, as the bank grappled with the initial upheaval caused by the pandemic, Wells Fargo pulled back from the market for jumbo mortgages. Now, in fairness, everybody else did too. All the lenders did. There was basically like no lending going on for a couple week period. And then you got to a point where like one lender would kind of step in. They'd dip their toe in the water and go, oh, okay, we're doing okay. We'll, we'll take this risk. But literally there was like no lenders. Now we've got a bunch of lenders back 
And, um, but lenders are saying, whoa, we've got so much business coming in. We don't want to take all this risk. So let's, uh, let's turn the pipe down, pipe, uh, pipeline down. Let's constrain the pipeline a little bit. So Wells Fargo pulled back from the market for jumbo mortgages, which are loans that are too big to be sold to U.S.-backed Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So these, so jumbo loans are basically non-conforming loans. You can't sell them in the secondary to Fannie Mae and Freddie, Mark, uh, Freddie Mac the way you would a normal loan with a loan limit under, I think it's 740000 And I'm going to have Dan Chapman from Fairway Independent Mortgage come on next week. He should be here July the 14th to kind of go over a bunch of these changes that are happening in residential lending. And these are across the board United States trends. They're not just Pacific Northwest. They're not just Seattle. So that's what I try and dive into a lot here is stuff that affects everybody across the country. So a matter if you're watching this podcast in California or New York or Chicago, where I get people from all over watching, um, you can know that these are national trends that are going on. And Rates might be a little bit different in your area, but for the most part, these trends are going to be kind of about the same. All right, so in early uh, April, as the banks grappled with the initial upheaval, Wells Fargo pulled back. Uh, and these are on jumbo loans, which are too big to be uh, sold to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. The lender said at the time that it would shun riskier loans, the jumbo loans, and only refinance jumbo mortgages for customers with at least a quarter million in balances. So if you're an existing customer and you happen to have a quarter million in balance with Wells Fargo, you're in luck. You can refinance that with them right now. All right, good job. Thumbs up. But if you are not and you're looking at a, a rate from Wells Fargo, you need to move some serious assets over to them before they are willing to maybe even look at your refinance, your jumper refinance. All right. The move angered some of the bank's mortgage personnel. Hmm. Who, who had to turn down customers seeking to take advantage of falling mortgage rates. So that makes it really difficult on the mortgage guys because they're like, hey, come on in. We'll do, a, we'll do your free refinance. We'll do your refinance. No problem. Jumbo refinance. No problem. Uh, wait a minute. July 1st. We're out of luck. You know, we can still do that jumbo refinance for you, but I need you to bring in a million dollars worth of assets. Correct. You heard me right. Million bucks. You know, it's not all that crazy, but this is kind of one of the bigger moves that I've heard from a major bank saying, we're really going to ratchet down our loan pipeline and here's how we're going to do it. You need a million bucks to get a loan from us. So the move angered some of the bank's mortgage personnel. Yeah, I can see that. That's really annoying, but it's also kind of, this is what happens when you've got super low interest rates and the pipeline can't keep going. You can't just feed it, feed it, feed it. There's got to be a stopping point at some point in time. And Wells is saying, yep, we're going to put the brakes on. So demand to refinance home loans has been torrid the last few months. What a great word, torrid. Just means super hot. Demand, demand to refinance home loans has been torrid the last few months and refinance applications were 111% higher than a year ago. All right, but last year they were pretty good. So we are 100%, 111% higher than a year ago. All right, this is according to the Mortgage Bankers Association Index this week. Wells Fargo was the biggest player in jumbo mortgages last year, according to research firm Inside Mortgage Finance. So this is a major impact to the jumbo refinance market. 
And the jumbo market is kind of this weird little, not weird, but it's its own little contained market. So guys who deal with a lot of jumbos, they kind of specialize in that market because they know the ins and outs of brokering to jumbo lenders or just dealing with jumbo lenders because it is a different market than your conforming markets where you can sell those mortgages all day long to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. All right. So in response, bank managers told their personnel that changes were coming that would relax some of those restrictions. All right. So last week, the bank issued an expansion of guidelines that did away with the $250,000 requirement for existing customers. All right. So you, Mr. Existing Customer, who already have a... Uh, already have accounts with us, whatever, maybe you've got a jumbo loan with us already. Uh, people with a Wells Fargo bank or brokerage account of any level, or those who already had a mortgage with the firm as of the end of June, were granted access to jumbo refinances. Okay, so there was pushback from the mortgage guys. They're like, what do you mean we can't give them a, a jumbo loan without them bringing in a million bucks? Are you crazy? That's gonna make it super hard for us to do our job, and we all work for the same bank. So. Um, management said, okay, yeah, they're probably right, but we still don't want all that new business. So what we're going to do is we're going to take away the quarter million dollar requirement for their, for their existing customers and bring that down to zero. All right. Nice job, Wells Fargo. I mean, this is, this is pretty crazy, but it is what it is. The changes we implemented on July 1 substantially increased the number of borrowers from which we'll accept applications for non-conforming refinances, said Wells Fargo spokesman Tom Goida in an emailed statement. All right, yep, when you no longer require your people to have a quarter million dollars in accounts, that does open up the lending pool, doesn't it? But for new customers who would previously bring a 250 grand to the bank if they wanted to jump a refinance, the lender has become more discerning. The $1 million requirement can be satisfied with a combination of deposits or investment balances, the people said. So maybe you've got an IRA account, maybe you've got a 401k, um, you've got some kind of investment, or you've got a savings account, I don't know. Um, one of the, you know, just kind of any banking with an investment balance of, uh, say, over a million bucks, you're good to go. You can refinance your jumbo loan. Um, and, and for a lot of people, you're going to say, that is a ton of money. And it is. It really is. But the bank is also saying, we only want the cream of the crop. We only want the people who have the absolute most money because we want to limit our risk because we are having too many people come to us for loans and we've already got this um, strict criteria in place because oops we had a boo-boo back in 2016 we had a little we had a little mismanagement of our accounts and we're still kind of paying for that and the fed's still looking over our shoulder and they've kind of ratcheted us down on what we can and can't do lending wise so i'm paraphrasing there but yeah that's basically what's going on with wells so combination of deposits or investment balances the people said they don't want to take somebody else's balance sheet and put it on there, said one of the sources. We're very busy, and they wanted to slow down the number of loans coming in. So that's your bottom line right there. They just want to slow things down. The changes come at a difficult moment for Wells Fargo. Its earnings are under pressure because of the pandemic, and the lender is the only U.S. megabank to disclose that it has to cut its dividend as it sets aside billions more for loan losses when it reports second quarter results next week. Oof, that does not sound good, does it? 
The bank also tightened lending standards in its mortgage business in the July 1 overhaul, which potentially impacts anyone applying for a home loan, not just jumbo refinancings, according to one of the people. For primary and secondary home mortgages, the bank lowered by 5% the size of loans it would approve relative to a property's value. For instance, loan-to-value limits for second homes went from 80% to 75%. So that's that 5% drop that I was talking about in loan-to-value um, ratios. And I was going to explain one more thing in there um, for primary and secondary home mortgages. Primary home mortgage is the one that you live in. Secondary home is, all right, you've got this second home or it's a vacation home and you happen to stay there some of the time. You know, it's a rich people thing. You got a secondary home. Oh, I've got my primary home that I live in, and, but I've got this other secondary home over here. So you can refinance that secondary home as well because that's still... It's not a rental property. You don't have tenants in there, which is riskier. You're going to give up your rental property before you're going to give up either your primary home or your secondary home because those are homes that you technically live in. The secondary home, not so much, but banks are like, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a decent rate on that secondary loan, but it's not going to be as good as your rental loan, your investment property because there's less, there's less risk on a home that you live in because you might not give it up because you're like, all oh, my stuff's in there. I don't want to give that up, so I'm going to make that mortgage payment. But the rental property, that's vacant right now. Let that bad boy go back to the bank. That's kind of the that's the inference there on, on risk. So it also boosted the amount of cash that buyers needed to have on hand after they've purchased a home. So these are all lending requirements that we're, I'm going to get into with Dan Chapman next week. And a lot of this stuff is changing pretty rapidly. So let me read that again. It also boosted the amount of cash that buyers need to have on hand after they've purchased a home called a post-closing liquidity requirement. All right, so post-closing liquidity requirement. That's from 12 months of expenses to 18 months, said the person. So let's get into that for one second here. So you've qualified, you've brought all this money into Wells Fargo, you're all good to go, you're going to get your jumbo loan, you're going to get your primary loan, you're going to get your secondary home loan. Now the bank, Wells Fargo, is saying, after closing, we want you to have in your, in your account somewhere enough expenses to last you 18 months. So what's your basic cash burn or what's your cash burn for this mortgage and the expenses, whatever their requirement is, but post-closing liquidity requirement, whatever that requirement is, they're going to want 18 months, no longer 12, but 18 months so that they know you can make that payment. They're basically ensuring you got enough cash on hand to make this loan go well after you close it, 18 months. That's a long time. That's a lot of money, especially on a jumbo loan. And in other areas of business, the bank is still taking precautions. A moratorium on home equity lines of credit, which are a popular way for homeowners to extract equity from their home, is still in place, said the people. The people. We're still going with anonymous sources. We don't really know who these sources are, but we're pretty sure they're Wells Fargo people, but don't really know. Everybody's anonymous. The bank stopped taking HELOC applications in late April, CNBC reported at the time. All right, so what we've got is we've got changes to how they're qualifying you or whether they're going to give you a jumbo loan. We've got changes on loan-to-value ratios, ratios on your primary residence and your second home. You've got post-closing liquidity requirement changes from 12 months of expenses to 18 months. 
and then they're basically not doing HELOCs or home equity lines of credit, just not doing those, and they've stopped doing those um, since April. So those are kind of some of the major changes. We'll finish out the article here. And the bank has not resumed its third-party mortgage business where it purchases jumbo jo loans underwritten by other banks and credit unions, the people said, the people. Wells Fargo shut down that part of its correspondent lending business in April. They, um, and that's on jumbo loans exclusively. So everybody took a hike from the jumbo loans. So you have not been able to broker jumbo loans to Wells Fargo since April. So everybody pretty much pulled the ripcord on jumbo loans. And you might say, well, yeah, but that, who, who cares about jumbo loans? That's just for rich people. Well, if you look at the homes in Seattle and in a lot of other upper markets like New York and California, um, there's a lot of places where you basically need a jumbo loan to buy a starter home. Now, I, I know it sounds ridiculous to a lot of people, but in a lot of markets, million bucks is your basic entry-level home. Home prices have gone through the roof the last 10 years. So a million bucks is not what it used to be. And if you are not able, thank you. Have a good weekend. We'll catch up soon. We'll leave that. I was just talking to the mailman there. He brought us some mail, as he does every day. So... Um, if you are in a market where a million bucks is a normal loan, you need to have a $250,000 down payment to get you to a conforming loan. If you're a $1.2 million purchase or a million and a half purchase, or if you're a $2 million purchase, when a lot of mar in a lot of markets, that is a good portion of the marketplace. So if you are wiping out jumbo financing, here's the bottom line. If you're in an expensive area and you can't get jumbo financing, that's going to impact your marketplace. In King County, the county that my office is located in, where Seattle is, where the CHOP is, where Chaz is, where those areas are, if you don't have much in the way of jumbo financing, we have seen that really impact our data. We've seen stuff like um, jumbo homes or expensive $2 million, $3 million, $4 million homes. New construction here in Bellevue, just a couple of miles from me in West Bellevue, where Bill Gates lives and a lot of really expensive homes are and really expensive players live. Um, your new construction home there is going to start at $4 million. And if you don't have any jumbo financing, guess what? That inventory is just going to sit. And that has a heavy impact on statistics. So at the beginning of the pandemic, when you've got a slowdown or an elimination of jumbo financing, it wreaks havoc on a lot of upper end markets. And you might say, well, serves them good. Those rich people should pay. But it's, it's all part of the food chain. It's, it, it's all integrated. So when you take out um, the ability for the upper end home sellers to sell their homes, those people might be moving down it all has to do with liquidity of the marketplace. When they can't get their homes sold, that imp impacts other areas. It's not like you, they sell that home and then their money just disappears. It goes, it gets invested. There's all kinds of liquidity issues. So when you take out this segment, you take out the jumbo segment of the marketplace, it has a real impact on things because then now people who want to buy those homes either need to bring in a massive down payment or they just don't buy it. They, they don't enter the marketplace. And that's what we saw at the beginning of the pandemic is basically a complete um, lack of financing in the jumbo marketplace and the upper end markets suffered pretty greatly. In King County here, you could see in the stats and I said a lot of the times, hey, I'm seeing these stats and it's not because they're not selling, 
It's because there aren't, there isn't the ability for buyers to get a loan in those marketplaces without putting a massive down payment that in some, some uh, markets is going to be onerous for those people. Like people buying a $2 million home, they you know, can probably afford a 30% down payment, but they can't afford a 50% down payment. That's like taking a portion of their liquidity and putting it where they don't necessarily want to have it. They want to have it in more liquid fashion. They don't want to have it in down payment of their home. And so when you take away that ability for them to get financing, it has a ripple effect on the marketplace. So that's why I read this article, and I think it's an important article for everybody to kind of understand, wrap their head around, is that when you've got massive demand for interest rates, that is great, but you're also going to see some lenders change their policy because they got to tighten that pipeline because they can't lend at the rate they were. Too much demand, need to reduce it, so they create barriers of entry to getting those products. That is what Wells Fargo has done. So that is really about it on this one. And as um, I see new articles and new postings come out and there's changes to lending, I will certainly cover them, but these are some of the topics that come up all the time and people are like, well, that's a really boring topic. Yeah, it might be a boring topic, but it's really integral to real estate and investing and to the mortgage markets out there. So that's why I cover this stuff. So I hope you're able to bear with me to the bitter end here. And thank you so much for, for watching on the YouTube platforms and listening on the uh, podcast. I don't know why I always struggle, but I always struggle with the word podcast for some reason. Kind of weird. But that's uh, one of my mental things is say the word podcast. So thank you to everybody who's been tuning in on the podcast platform. We've been growing rapidly there. And um, thank you so much because we can't do it without people watching and listening. So thanks again. And I'm Sean Reynolds from Summit Properties Northwest, Reynolds and Klein Appraisal. Again, thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next one. All right. Till then, bye for now. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.